Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Are you ready? Let's make some noise, come on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Broad Street Line. I am Roy Burton. Alongside me, as always, my tag team partner and a man who was not able to buy Michael Rubin's share of the Philadelphia 76ers, one Chris Domingo. Mr. Domingo, how are you doing as always, as I say, during the pandemic? Air quote, this Saturday morning, sir. Roy, I'm doing tremendous. We It is summertime, and there is really nothing really to talk about with sports. So we're just going to... We're just going to manufacture stuff because I cannot remember another season where July the 1st was not anticipated at all by our, our fan base. It like, I, I mean, people are trying to like get like hype, but how hype can you get about three and 30 for PJ Tucker? I, I mean, I think it proves that as optimistic as you are about the Sixers and just in general, like I don't know, you always try to put the, bright spin on things to I I'd say the majority of fans know that this team is stuck in quicksand and there's no it's a it's a, it's expensive quicksand too it's like 90 million dollars worth of quicksand and you can't and you can't get out I guess my question Roy is when do P, when do fans stop start worrying that that the that the Joel Embiid era is 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 approaching its end that's a good question, and I have an answer for that question, and and I'll answer that question in the next five minutes, and I promise you, okay. um, we will have we will get to that because um, because course. that's because that's a reasonable question to ask at this point, right? Yeah, I think that's the main question to ask, or for me anyway, the main question to ask is you know how long do you have left in this Joel Embiid era? Because again, you have to plan for you know trying to maximize everything you can in that in that time frame. So yeah, no, I think it's a fair question to ask. So we will talk about that. Um, as you said, the Sixers, or you said. A team. You didn't say the Sixers specifically, but it's the Sixers, and they're and they're quote unquote stuck in the mud, as you wrote on this week, uh, early this week on, on Twitter. Uh, we're dealing with the Sixers and everything that's going on with them. Um, again, it's like as you said, it's the down period in, in the sports world, but there's plenty of stuff to talk about in the NBA. Of course, we have some news about James Harden. We have some news about Kyrie Irving possibly changing addresses. Um, we also have to put a bow on the NBA Finals and talk about Steph Curry winning his first Finals MVP. Um, in six finals appearances for him and the Warriors. Of course, we have some um, NFL news to discuss as well. And we also have some more information about um, what's going on with WWE, which happened a little bit after we went off the air last week. So plenty of stuff to get to on this edition of the Broad Street Line. As we always say, sit back, relax, take a ride on the Broad Street Line in the future. Sports Talk Radio has finally arrived. Any shout-outs, sir? No, let's just say the usual thank yous. Thank you guys, as always, for listening to us and supporting us here on 106.5 FM, WPPM, LP, Philadelphia, or wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, Spotify, Spreaker. Just do a search for the Broad Street Line, download us to your phone, your computer, your iPad, your MP3-enabled device, take us with you on the go, or listen to, to us at home or at work, 24-7, 365. You can also catch us again every Saturday morning on the TuneIn app, or go to TuneIn.com, search for the Philly Cam Station, and Tune in every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, to the latest edition of the Broad Street Line. But again, we are a very, very accessible podcast and radio show. And speaking of accessible, you can also chop it up with us on Twitter. He is at SKD215. I am at the BS line. No more basketball. Football's a month and change away. Hockey's just wrapping reason, up. I need a reason to go back on there because I really haven't been on there because I've been too busy looking for what the best um, um, cleaner is to put on your wheels and tires. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, like, that's been my thing. Or or, or best um, interior cleaner. So I will be back on there. I'll Because it, it, it's just, if there's nothing sports related, I just, I can't engage. Because trying to have a conversation about anything, well, even having a conversation sports related is pretty it's pretty futile on there. Just imagine trying to have a real conversation on there. So, but I will, 
but it's July the first. I have all the notifications on. We we can we can clown on on, on some of the moves that are coming because you know that the teams with cap space are going to do stupid stuff. So I will be on there starting July the first for a good bit until for a week, and then I'll take another sabbatical, and then it's and then it's training camp time. Uh. That was a, a semi a quasi apology by Chris. I need to apologize for us as a show because again, this um, as we're recording this, this is the day before the 2022 NBA draft, and we've been doing the show for more than a decade. And this is the first time ever that before the draft, we've never done an NBA draft preview, and we're not doing one this year because we have no <laughs> idea who these guys are. We have no idea who these guys are. We don't know. All right. No, but okay, we're gonna, you know what? We're gonna, ma- like I said, we're gonna manufacture stuff. Just knowing nothing that you know, like just taking what you know in your three and a half decades of watching ball. Yeah. What is your opinion on Chet Holmgren? I think he's, again, Chet Holmgren is the kid from Gonzaga. He's 7'1, 195, which is a, which is a wild set of, of measurables, uh, any, any way you look at it. I've seen, comparisons to him all over the map i've seen porzingis i've seen durant jim mcelvain i've seen camby um no the kid can shoot the kid can fill it up obviously he's gonna have physical issues just gonna get bodied around um but he's a he's a i don't want to say the perfect stretch for he's a very ideal stretch for in today's league i think he's gonna be fine um jeez i'm trying to like it's hard to find a cop because it's just like he's just so again they call him wiry and I don't want to. I don't want to go with unicorn because unicorns are different. You know, like unicorns are. People throw that unicorn term around a lot. And again, well, like unicorns are special. Well, so, well, no. Well, remember the last unicorn he broke down. And I have a. And unfortunately, I have the same. Just, just I know nothing about the guy, kid. I just know that he's less than two hundred pounds, at least seven foot, and I have no idea how that is going to sustain. Uh, seven seventy ish. 82 game season. I, I I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm just taking that into account. And people are like, oh, like, I don't know. Like, you are going to have to be physical at some point. You can't play your entire life on, like, like behind the three-point line. It's going to be interesting. I, I think he's by far the most inter- interesting prospect. I wouldn't – if you asked me to put my put – my, like, I don't know, supposed basketball acumen on the line for him, I wouldn't. I, I, I don't – I don't – if I had to lean somewhere, I'd be like, I don't know how this dude can take the physicality of playing with, of especially guys at, in his position that are 260, 270, right. like in Embiid. Like someone said that he's going to be able to take these guys off the dribble. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know. Like, don't you need some level of physicality to to get past dudes? You just can't have all speed. Yeah, like you need – like. He's like it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, who who teams match up on him. Um, yeah, he's gonna be able to kind of just get past some guys. I think he's probably gonna just score more just by just being longer than everybody else. I think he's gonna shoot over top. I think he's gonna more shoot over top of guys and get past guys. I'm more worried about him on the defensive end because quite frankly, like you said, it's like at some point, you know, you're gonna have to get physical on the basketball court. And whether you're guarding fours, which is probably better, or whether you're guarding fives, you're gonna be out, you're gonna be outweighed by 50 pounds every single night, um, which is going to be a problem. And your length that can only, only, you know, make up for so much of that, that issue. I think he's going to be fine. I think he'll just, he'll find a niche in the league. And again, he'll probably add, you know, another 20 pounds or so or whatever. I don't think he'll be fine, but you're right. But like it's, you it's one of those. But, but you will double, you won't double down on him being like an all-star. I don't know. I don't know if that's out of the realm, but I'll, I'll say this. Paulo Banchero has a better chance of being an all-star than Chet Holmgren. I'll say that. Okay. But I, I think they both can be. I think they're both talented guys. Um, but I think who's – I forget who did the athletic uh, NBA preview, the NBA draft preview. I, I, apologies. Um, but the M- athletic uh, released an NBA draft preview, and uh, they tier everybody. They have the tier rankings. According to them, there is no one in the first tier of the superstar <laughs> level on these in the 2022 NBA draft, which I think is right. I think there's a bunch of decent dudes at the top. But if you expect any of these dudes to be a superstar, I don't see it. Well, that's all you needed to know about this draft, kids. There you go. We picked the right, we picked the right year not to do one. Yes. We, we, there's no draft. Well, there is a draft. There's there's no draft preview from for us. However, we will be back next week, and we will talk about whatever the Sixers do with that 23rd pick. 
that they've let walk the track along with Matisse Thibel and Tobias Harris. But I do want to get to your question about James Harden and the latest news surrounding James Harden. Um, according to the latest reports, um, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN said the Harden that Harden will pick up his $47 million option and sign an additional two-year extension at near max money. If you want to just kind of throw all that in the boat, in the bucket, let's just say for the purposes of the discussion, three years and $140 million to James Harden. Now, as you – well, I, I don't know if you said it on air or not. You, I don't think you did. You had to do it. It was one of those things that you had to do as far as bringing in James Harden. And, again, you're kind of stuck in the fact that he has the option. He's probably going to take it. Well, he's going to take it because, again, this is James Harden and it's $47 million and you don't turn that down. You need to hope and pray that the James Harden that you get, at least for the next two years, is better than the James Harden that you got the last 20 games that we saw last season. If you get, if you get the first, the, the James Harden we saw in the first five games of, the, of this season as a sixer for this year, I can live with this. I can live with this. Give me 75 games of that first five game James Harden, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> what? More importantly, is that realistic? No. No, it's not. Probably it's not. I don't believe it. Is. What is? No, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I and I don't think it's one of those. It's somewhere in the middle. You're going to get, like, something in the middle of five game James Harden and the last, whatever, 30. I think it's, I think you're leaning towards the ladder where you see a guy that's still an elite playmaker, but you also didn't pay someone $47 million to be a playmaker. So let and, me ask I'm sorry. I'm good. Oh, no. I, I think that's, once again, the story of the Sixers franchises is, is, is misuse of resources. Like, I, I feel like that's going to be the, 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 I, I guess that's going to be like the, I guess the uh, the thesis of this entire Sixers run is just using resources poorly, whether it's draft picks, whether it's cap room. It, 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 it's just like, I don't know, they've had 14 chances to build a pretty sustainable, re- legitimate playoff team. I won't say championship caliber because that's real hard. But like, I don't know, like mo- more often than not, they have not been a legitimate playoff team. Or a legitimate playoff, like, I don't know, threat. They've been playoff teams. They've been a four or five seed. And, but other than that, Roy, they just, they haven't struck fear in any of these teams that they're playing. None. Let me, let me ask you a quick question about Harden before we talk about somebody else who might be coming to Philly. Let's say it is the three-year, $140 million, you know, deal and over, you know, in totality and in, in, in money. At what point do you, Chris Domingo, start to feel sick when, when, when does that deal make you feel sick when when are you, when are you going to be at that point where you're like you know what this is just bad this is just bad juju like this is just not like is it now is it a year from yes, now is it two now. years from, okay it's okay now. so you're so you're so you're it's already now. you're already of the opinion that this just will not work whatsoever no okay no i'm okay. pretty that the heart so far the heart like it, it showed me nothing that like that he is capable like and, and what people like people kept uh hanging on to Chris Paul, where, like, he played for, like, a year and a half. But you know what happened, Roy? He broke down again because that's what old players do. They break down. Like, I don't know. It's not sustainable. And we were hoping, like, I don't know, even me. And I'm very, like, I don't know, even-keeled sports fan. I I see the history, and I say, okay, you know what? Like, I don't know. All the empirical data is on the side of this guy's on the decline, and, and and it all and it was all there, but I ignored it. I said, you know what? He's gonna come here. He did that against Minnesota, oh, that juggernaut Knicks team, and then we're like, oh my god, we haven't seen this in twenty years. Well, guess what? You're not gonna see it for another twenty. I can talk myself into this season. I can. I can talk myself because no, it's gonna happen. Talk yourself into what? Like what? A four seed? Getting bounced in the second round. No, again? I can no, I can talk myself into getting in, into getting more than competent. I think this season we will get more than competent James Harden. I think we'll get that. I'm not like you said now, whether or not that means a playoff win, you know, playoff series win, two playoff series wins. I don't know. <laughs> but I think whatever you whatever you the Sixers pay James Harden, I think he'll he'll come close to that worth on the basketball court. I think we get For a good year. I think we get a good year. After that, who the heck knows? I think two years. I think 
next summer, I think uh, 12 months from now, we're going to be sitting here. It's like, oh, you know what? Like they did what they had to do and those poor use of resources and blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And now we're kind of stuck. Like now we're kind of, like you said, stuck in the mud. Paul Reed, you know, trademark copyright. We're kind of stuck in the mud because now, because next summer, if you sign this dude to a th- basically a three-year deal, you can't do nothing with him next summer. You can't. Like you gotta, you gotta wait. You gotta wait another year. Like no one's gonna take that bad contract for two years. They might take it for one. They're not gonna take it for two. All, so. all I'm asking, Roy, is what if this season just it just ends? I would say badly. Like I don't know. I don't think it will, or maybe it will. I don't know. Like I don't know. Once again, there's just not a lot of good juju around this team. There hasn't been for like a year. Like, uh, what if you just Say, like, I don't know, it ends, you end up as a six seed, you lose in the first round. Mm-hmm. Do you just let everybody walk? Well, like, no, like, <laughs> no, no, what if, no, what if MB just is like, yo, like, we're, um, we gotta think of, we gotta think of an exit strategy. I don't wanna be here anymore. I wanna win. If, if, if he asks for that trade, are you just, are you just napalming everything? Are you just, no, we're not signing hard into an extension. We're just gonna just leave it bare. No, I don't. I don't. I I don't. Because again, it's like, again, unless he pulls the whole you know superstar card, you gotta move me. I don't do that. Like I check because I I, I would. Tr- I, what's that? What, what if he does? What if he does and you don't have a choice? I mean, if, you, if he just gonna, if he's just gonna say like you gotta trade me, then you gotta eat me. If you're a superstar, and you ask for like you demand a trade, then like there's no choice. But no, he, no, but no, but like, what if he does demand that trade? What do you, you don't do? have a choice? Like, I'm saying, like, you don't have no, a, like, no, 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 <laughs> no. What do you do in addition to that? Obviously, you're trading him, but are you resigning James Harden? But you are, you I mean, you just resigned him. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure. I guess I don't. Oh, no, oh, no, <laughs> like, he's opting in with this season, but are, right. but is he, is he resigning that extension now? Yes, he's gonna resign the extension now. Oh yeah. Christ! You know, oh, no, no, James. The, at the end of by the end of I don't know this week, next week or whatever like that, James Harden's going to be a Sixer for three more years. Like it's going to happen now. Oh my heavens! Okay, yeah. so really, like I don't know. So right now, the there is, like, there is a finite amount of time on the Joel Embiid era. Like Correct. I'm serious. Once once that contract gets signed, the hourglass, you you like I don't know, flip 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 it or uh, upside down. It's like yo, it's it's coming. Like I, I I'm sorry, like. I, I think there is a there is a cause and effect of you signing James Harden. The effect is the Joel Embiid era on borrowed time. Like I don't, it's, it's as simple as that. Right, and and that's why I said like I think you can I can talk myself into all right this year James Harden will be again better than what we saw last year. I don't know if it's going to be enough to get you to the conference semifinal, you know, conference finals, or whatever. But he'll be a better James Harden. But we'll be here twelve months from now again. Probably in the same same spot, but in a, in a worse financial spot, and that's how I think it's going to play out. Because again, like this is all going to happen. This is this is all going to happen this summer with James Harden. But next summer you'll have Harden for two more years. You have Tobias for you know another year. You got Joe for however many years, but he'll be disgruntled. And then you got to figure out, okay, how do we build around the margins when we got all this money tied into three dues? Figure, I don't know what you do. It, figure like. Playing off your prognostication, will Joel Embiid be a sixer for the 23-24 season? I think he'll be. Yeah. I I think Joel Embiid will stick it out. I really do. For the next couple of years. I think I think he'll I think he'll ride out the Tobias deal. I think we got I I think we got two years of Joel Embiid. I think. You got one more. You got one I think more. we got two. Like, you, yeah, yeah, I think, it, like, <laughs> it, it really all depends on this season. That's how but what's 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 bothersome or just I don't know maddening is you have you have all this importance on one season and you can't make any significant moves. Right. Yeah. So so how do you change the uh, like? So it's really almost damn near impossible to change the course of what you think might happen when you can't do anything. You can't do anything. It's like you can't do anything. (laughs) And no, it's on. It's like you're on this bad roller coaster and you're just like. I'm here for, I'm along for the ride, and but you know, with another bad exit and another, it's really, like this is the same team you bring it back, the same team that just went through the motions in the second round that apparently has no team chemistry, has no leadership, and you're saying yeah, 
but we got to rally the troops because this might be Joel Embiid's last season. Yikes. No team chemistry, no, no, and no heart, according to multiple players on the team. But there is somebody who might come to the rescue of the Philadelphia 76ers, according to several reports, um, specifically Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer. The Sixers are interested in signing 37-year-old P.J. Tucker to a three-year, $30 million deal. Tucker opted out of his deal with the Miami Heat. I think he was making about $7.4 million. He wants a little bit of a raise, and he might go back to Miami, but the Sixers are one of the few teams willing to offer P.J. Tucker a three-year deal, and they are one of the few teams willing to do that because P.J. Tucker is 37 years old. God bless P.J. Tucker. I like P.J. Tucker. He's a solid dude. Would be a great addition to the locker room. P.J. Tucker's 37 years old. I'm not giving a 37-year-old dude a three-year deal unless his name is LeBron James. I'm not. That's it. That's all I got to say about P.J. Tucker. I like him. So, He'd be great fit. So what, I can't do it. So, so, so what do you do? The other guy that they're, they're, they're sniffing around, you're one of your faves, Eric Gordon. I think that's a solid addition. I've convinced myself that Eric Gordon is a nice piece. <laughs> Bring in my, get it, get it. No, well, no, I know you need to do more than that. I know you need to do more than that, but. Well, let's start with it. Let's start with Eric Gordon. We'll start with Eric Gordon and then figure out what you can do with your Danny Green, Matisse Seibel, number 23 pick platter. Figure that out. Get another dude. I don't know. And Terrence Ross, whatever. Like, like I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing it. Look, we already discussed this. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you <laughs> so can do. In the most important season that, that's going to determine the fit of Joel and Beach, Correct. Your, your, your two key acquisitions are Eric Gordon and Terrence Ross. You tell me what to do. You want you want you want Russell you want no, Russell Westbrook? No, like what do you want? No, what do you want? No, you are screwed. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. You are at this team is at like I can't even fake excitement for this team anymore because no because it feels like you are latched in. You have your like no you can't take your seatbelt off. You're like we are. If you want to be alone for the ride of this like. And you know, Roy, that the pressure is – they're going to feel this pressure. Like, I don't know. Like, this pressure is going to be there from training camp day one. We're like, they're going to have to answer the question. And, and we still don't have a leader on the team. Like, I, I just – like, I don't know. They, there's a good chance that they will have done nothing to – other than maybe alleviate some depth issues with Ross and, I don't uh, Ross Gordon. Who, whoever. Whoever, yeah. whoever. Whoever. Like – those are the you're gonna get that caliber of player. You're gonna get two of those. Mm-hmm. Like you've maybe improved the depth a bit. You still don't have any leadership. You still don't have any like I don't know. You still are probably gonna have some possible chemistry issues with Harden and Bead, and just like Harden in general. Like I don't know. Like he's he's a superstar player. High maintenance. The problem is, on, like you can only deal with that high maintenance stuff if the production is high maintenance too like i don't know like if like you can deal with like i don't know like if, if kevin durant just wants to be like because he is a devo like i don't know wants to play with kyrie Irving his entire career complete lunatic but like i don't know <laughs> but you deal with it because he's kevin durant at, at this point the high maintenance like the the ratio is not equal anymore and you're gonna have to like but this is this is the deal with the devil that Daryl Moore signed with. Like, I don't know. Like, what's crazy is, like, I don't know. We were on board with this. But knowing, like, I don't know. We we literally, we just, we closed our eyes and, and, and closed our, and, like, shut our ears to everything that, like, people have been saying about James Harden for years. He's like, I don't know. Like, he, like we really thought he didn't mail it in in Brooklyn. You know what? He mailed the hell out of that. He mailed it in in Brooklyn. And now we've got that James Harden. That's that for me is just that is such the downer of the franchise right now. It's like unless he just completely just surprises everyone and it's like you know what, I'm gonna be like a good. I don't. I don't ask for it to be a good teammate. Just, just, just don't be completely difficult twenty four seven. So one minor correction or one minor minor. Beef. I don't say beef. One minor thing. I don't think it was that we didn't think he mailed it in in Brooklyn. Because I think we did. I think, well, for me, I'll say this. I think we, well, we saw him mail it in in Houston. We saw him mail it in in Brooklyn. I figured, like, all right, it's not going to happen again. And I don't think it's happened again. He's just not that good. 
Like, like it's like, like I don't think he's not trying. I just don't think he's that good. No, I don't think it's a level of try. Like, I don't think it's not trying. I think it's he brings along those superstar diva tendencies still, where he's not toning that part down. Like, like I don't know. Like, like there's mailing it in and having the devo tendencies. I think I don't think he's mailing it in here. I just think he's just he still because he's an alpha superstar athlete. He's like, yo, I still got it, and he's still yelling at people. And and dudes are like, dude, you suck right now. Right. You should not be. You should not be yelling at us. Right, right. Yeah, like yeah, James Harden, you know, saying, you know, I think it was a game, whatever, game six, game five, whatever it was, when he was complaining about how the ball never got back to him, you know, on offense. When you are the point guard, I mean, like, you can you can kind of run the offense and do whatever you want to every single time you run down the court, um, you know, as the as the primary playmaker on this team. So don't give me that because you are no, the guy on the team. Deal with, you deal with that when the guy's dropping 40 and 12. Right. And he's like, I like – but when the dude can't make a floater, he can't get past Luke Cornett or whoever the hell was guarding him. Like, and, like that's the part is the, the it's the cost benefit analysis with a declining player. He, it, it's not like these risks are changing because he's still woofing. He still thinks he's a superstar, but they haven't been. It, no, it's like Russell Westbrook. It, it's mm-hmm. I think it's not as bad as Russell Westbrook because yeah. Russell Westbrook is just another like species of just like I will do whatever I want even though I'm ninth I'm beyond washed up beyond washed up like I don't know he's, <laughs> he's the most washed up player I've ever seen think he's still good he, Harden isn't at that level yet I think he has no. some self awareness but no. he's still unless he just becomes just deferential to like has that come to Jesus moment I don't think he will like I don't no. know he'll still think he's that dude you just have to maintain it and unfortunately I don't think this team has that locker room to to deal with it right right like the only the only way again the only way that this locker room is going to be able to deal with that kind of personality why is, is that they, still the is coach they win games team? why is he still the coach that's yes. a good question I, I i don't have a good answer for you other than the fact that okay let's let's make doc rivers not the coach of this team anymore who do you put in that spot who can deal with this team in a win now situation like, I don't, I don't know the answer to that either. I, I just, I just don't know how, out of all the run it back situations, you pick this team because this was the team that you should not run it back. You should find as many elements not to run it back with. Whether right, no, but you, but, but again, I'm going to keep saying, going back to the same thing that you said at the beginning of the show. This team is literally stuck in the mud. Out of all the, out of all the other situations, you had way more flexibility. Like you had way more flexibility clearly last year because Ben. You have way more flexibility before the Jimmy Butler stuff, you know, signing out Horford, you know, blah, 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 blah. You have way more flexibility in past summers. You have zero flexibility this summer. None. You can't do anything. You can't and, move Tobias. You can't – you got James Harden has an option. He'll just pick up. It's like obviously you don't you don't want to move uh, Tyrese Maxey, which is fine. But you literally are hamstrung. You can't do anything in the season and, where, you, like you said, you need to do the most. And the biggest difference between this year and last year, they had a scapegoat. They could blame everything on Ben. Yeah. They could blame like losing that series. Now they just now everyone has to eat some humble pie. Everyone like Embiid, like every every important person in that organization, because really like I don't know like Simmons really gave them and like they frankly could have blamed everything for the last six months on him, but yeah. now he's gone and now they're like, oh, we still are underwhelming. Who are we going to blame it on? Let's blame it on Doc Rivers. Let's blame it on James Harden. Let's bring it on Daryl Moore. Let's bring it on. Now, it re- like, I-, I feel that Simmons trade put lipstick on a pig. Because really, like, mm-hmm. I think the, the I think there, there are a lot more underlining issues other than Ben Simmons was just obstinate. Oh, yeah. no, I, I feel he masked, he masked a lot of problems that the Sixers organization and team had. Or and have they still yeah. have? No, I agree. No, I agree. Like, yeah, Ben Simmons was that was that perfume, was that deodorant that kind of like you yeah. know, made you that juke. Made, made, yeah, yeah, made <laughs> that that juke that made you that made you forget for a second that everything else behind it kind of stunk. Because again, Ben Simmons is gone. And you're like, hey, well, we still got problems with this coach and this roster construction is trash, and there's no leaders on this team, and you know, like, no, I I get it. You're right. Like, no, there's no and, more Ben Simmons. And, and they only they were only willing they were only able to ride that Ben Simmons wave so long. 
Right. Like, I don't know. Like, they they wrote it pretty well. Like, I don't know. They were winning. They were doing a lot of, like, let's pretend Ben Simmons, five Ben Simmons are, are playing against us, like, before that Harden trade. They were playing well. But I think that was very just – I don't know. That that was, that wasn't artificial. They, they won games. But, like, you can't sustain that when you have yeah. so many of these underlining – like, underlining, they're at the surface. Like, I don't know. You had no depth. You were Furkan Korkmaz sucked for months before. Like, I, no, like I, I don't know. It it really was the 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 Dracar Noir that you bought at Walgreens. <laughs> so so much like Shawn Michaels back after DX 1.0, much like Michael Rubin, you were taking your ball and going home with the Sixers team. You were saying, you know what, this team cannot do it anymore, um, or cannot cannot be a contender in the in the East probably. Um, in the current James Harden slash Joel Embiid era. Speaking of Michael Rubin, though, um, he is selling his 10% stake in the Devils and the Philadelphia 76ers back to the ownership group led by Josh Harris. Um, he's going to focus on the Fanatics and upcoming sports sports betting operations with that team, uh, with that with that uh, unit. I don't know if you saw, the uh, Fanatics apparently is valued at $27 billion. <laughs> like, with like, a B? With a B. It was like $4.5 billion. Like, Three years ago, well, well, don't they own every apparel company at this point? Basically, like, like if you want a sports no, jersey, they, yeah, you yeah, go through Fanatics. Have the interface of like every company. Like yeah. if you go through Lids, you go through but whatever. Like I don't right. know. It, it it's the front. I guess the front face of that is Fanatics, which is boggling. Like, yeah. like, like I have no idea. And they own Mitchell and Ness now. Yeah. Yeah, which is like a mini, like a small part of their operation. I think they bought Tops, uh, the baseball trading card company. They're going to get into trading cards and NFTs and all that stuff as well. Yeah, so Michael Rubin has plenty of other stuff to kind of handle you know, on his plate. But now, is that the reason why people hate Michael Rubin, or is it like the rich white thing? Like I don't yeah, like like it, it feels like I don't know. Like I really am very indifferent about the dude. Like he has like yeah, he's friends with Bob Bobcraft and Jay Z. I don't care, but it feels like. But social media is so weird. Like, I don't know. They just find a, a dude to dunk on every day. So right. I don't know if that's real or not, that that venom. I think it's I think it's the Michael Rubin's a billionaire. And that's okay. pretty much as far as it goes. Okay. You know, I, don't, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's a whole lot more to it than that, um, other than the fact that he's uber rich. Um, okay. <laughs> because okay. by by and large, again, I don't know a lot about him. By and large, he seems very non-problematic. Or less problematic. Yes. Than, he seems less problematic than other billionaires. I'll say that. Than Vince McMahon. Yeah. So yeah, it is what it is. Like Michael Rubin never like, bothered me. He's fine. I, 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 I mean, he's boys with Meek. Like I don't know. Like yeah. good. No. Like I don't know. The, the moral of this Michael Rubin story: people spend way too much time worrying about people like Mike Rubin. Like whether it's like I don't know. Like I don't just just so much. Like I don't know. Like stuff is just focused on like people like Chris Rock, Will Smith. I'm like. You need to stop with this. Let's let's focus on important things instead of talking about how much Mike Rubin's worth. Like I don't know. Like 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 he was like he was a visible owner for the Sixers. He's not there anymore. They didn't need him to be like I don't know. Like we, soon enough, we'll forget about Michael Rubin when he's not a. But we'll still be at Sixers games. Well, here's the thing though, because Michael Rubin now, since he's not a part of the Sixers, um, there is a little bit of you know scuttlebutt saying that Michael Rubin will be kind of a. I don't want to say like a. A little bit more than a consultant. I don't want to say a booster because that's a little bit too much. But, you know, because he has agreements with athletes and he has, you know, fanatics and he has a, his arms and different stuff, he can be that recruiter, let's say, to say, hey, you know, James Harden, you know, maybe the Sixers can't – well, maybe not James Harden, but <laughs> free agent yeah, X. No, no, <laughs> free no, agent no, X. He spent, the, spent the wrong time recruiting. Yeah, free agent X. You know, maybe the Sixers can't pay you as much as they'd like to above board, but if you want to sign a deal and be an endorser for – fanatics or whatever whatever then you know i can get you in a little, little back door so i think this is a, i think you know this will end up being a good thing for the sixers because again you have a guy you know a, a well-connected billionaire who can kind of grease the skids and who has contacts in the industry to kind of get you some stuff that you might not be able to get when he was an owner um because again where was he at bit, when they were trying to win two two where was he at when he tried to win two rounds but I'm, so you can't do certain things when you're an owner and we, can't. <laughs> again, we keep trying to not tell them, not rationalize that they are not in the mud. They are in the mud, in the mud. until further notice. In like, no, I, I mean, like, I, like, 
I thought then this season is going to be absolute just a slog. Like I don't know, like I don't know how you how you like I don't know advertise like or or how do you like what is the best case scenario for the Sixers? Like I don't know if the planets align. Do they might win two rounds? Well, here's the thing. I don't. I'm not going to say anything until next week, at least. I, I'm because I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> when no. they get Aaron Gordon, Terrence Ross. No, no, no. Well, yeah, for, no. But like, I don't know what the, <laughs> I don't know what the rest of the East is going to do. Like, who knows? Again, Kyrie Irving might be leaving the Nets. I don't know what's going to happen with the Nets. Like, maybe the Nets decide to you know to blow things up. Maybe you know. Again, there's a lot of guys on the, on a free agent market. A lot of guys kind of a lot of moving pieces out there. It's hard to say exactly what's going to happen with the Sixers because there's a lot of things that can still happen between now and, you know, ju- was it June 29th, whenever the day people are supposed to pick up their options, Bradley Beal's out there, you know, so who the heck knows? So I will, I will reserve judgment on this. However, October 15th, you asked me the same question. I think it's going to be the same answer as it is today, <laughs> but, but I will reserve judgment. I'm not going to say, Oh man, you know what? They can't get out of the second round. I don't know. Who the heck knows what, what's going to happen in Miami. I don't know, but, I will reserve judgment. October 15th, whenever the season starts, ask me the same question. Can they win more than two rounds? Or can they win two rounds? The answer is probably going to be no, just like it is today. But I will wait. I will, I will hold off on that. I'm not going to give you This is what the Joel Embiid era has come to. This is real sad. Like, this is sad. I, I mean, this, this is not what we, the Sixers Collective, envisioned three years ago. This is, this is, this is humbling, to be honest. <laughs> What's humbling is when certain people need to sit in front of a microphone and apologize because a man got humbled in the NBA Finals. We need to talk about the first Finals MVP for one Stephen Curry and a man who has zero Finals MVPs, Jason F. Tatum, who (laughs) failed to lead the Celtics to an NBA championship at the tender age of 24 years old. I need you to apologize to the world and tell people Jason Tatum it's not about that life yet. No, it's not about that life. I, Thank you. Not the thing. Thank you. Like, I am, like, I am very willing to own stuff. Like, I don't know. When, when I, I, not the Barry Horowitz myself, I'm pretty right a lot of the time when it comes to the NBA. When I am wrong, I will absolutely own it and say, you know what? I, I overshot on Jason Tatum. He was not good in the finals. He was not even the best player on the Celtics. Thank you. And I, and like I, and like I, like and people saying, "Oh, like they'll be back." It's like the same. They said the same thing about OKC. Mm-hmm. So nothing is promised. That being said, I still think they're the best team in the East. Like I don't know. You like the rest of the East should be praying to God that they like that they panic and do something stupid because that that is a team you run it back with. That's a, like you run it back with almost that exact team. And like I don't know, yeah. have a Doka for another season. The, the like. That's a learning experience for a lot of those guys that were never in the finals before. I that's a running back team. Like I don't know. Like you just say, you know what? We just ran into one of the greatest players of all time, and maybe we don't run into them next year. So, but they're the best for me. I think with no like before free agency, they're the best team in the East, followed by Milwaukee. I would probably flip the two around, but again, like it's really close. It's a, for me, it's like a razor thin margin between the South. Milwaukee and Boston are the two best teams in the East. Like that's clearly no, no question. Whether you have them one, two, you know, Boston, Boston, Milwaukee, one, two, it is what it is. They're the two best teams in the East prior to free agency. Those two teams, as it stands right now, they don't even need to even need to do much other than you know maybe a piece or two at the margins. To kind of meet in the end. Yo, uh, the that's a team. That's a team that can add an Eric Gordon or Terrence Ross. Yeah, so, like, yeah. I, I mean, this is. I, I I hate to go back to this. This is real pathetic. Like I don't know. Like you. Like no. I I mean like we're asking for for wholesale change, not wholesale, but pretty darn close to wholesale. And you're saying, yeah, let's get Eric Gordon. I don't know. I'm like I'm like I I am I am. What is it? The, uh, the 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 five stages of grief. I'm already at the acceptance <laughs> stage. Like it's fine. no, no. Like, if you're the GM, do you just make a a monster move just to make a move? No, like, I don't know. No, just... no, 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 no. That that what does that ever work? No, <laughs> what is no, a move? No, just a like, move. Just to make no, a move. Trades Tobias Harris for Harry Barnes. 
Well, that's that's a move to improve yourself. That's not a move no, to no, make no, a move. No, no. Oh no! But like, nobody wants to buy us. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. So you're not doing Tobias Harris for for, for John Wall. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, okay, thank you. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm not doing Tobias for John Wall. I'm doing Tobias for, for uh, Russell Westbrook. You know, I ain't doing that. Like, but yeah, like the Sixers have tra- have offered Tobias Harris to anyone and everyone who is interested. No one's interested, and I get it. Yeah, a move to just make a move would be for John Wall, but obviously you don't do that. No, like you just got to just, like you really are in a spot where you just got to just let this ride out. Like you have to let now, this ride out. I, I, I asked you offline, in, with the with – every one of these just atrocious moves is the tobias harris extension the worst transaction of of, of this sixers are that's a very good question the answer is probably yes because i can't think of anything that's worse um because you were able to get out of the, the horford deal so yeah i mean yeah, so I don't know so so, yeah. so, tra- so drafting markel drafting a guy who, who almost died with peanut allergy and it's not even in the nba right now like those were yeah, worse. those are those are not even those aren't even no those aren't even I don't even think those are close to be honest. I think the Tobias Harris is by far number one. I don't think those I don't think the the, the Mark because the Markel was the right move at the time. He just forgot how to shoot like for whatever reason. Like you know what I mean? Like at the time was the right move. You had no idea it was going to turn out like this. oh yeah. You had a pretty no, decent I, idea. You had a pretty decent idea that Tobias was going to be this. You know oh, that no, you, 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 you probably thought he's going to be worse than this to be honest. Oh no, I, I think. From the from the second that extension came on, I said, "Dear Lord, what are we doing?" No, like I, I mean, it was almost immediately panned. Immediately right. panned, and right. like even with the Horford trade, I think you could actually rationalize to I did to say, you know what, you needed Embiid and tra- and I'll right. I'll stick to this is that Horford error would have would have been a lot better, and I will say it would have been great if one of those guys didn't come back the same bleeping player who couldn't do anything well that guy is out deep sea fishing and he <laughs> might be the number two option in brooklyn she might be the number one option who the heck knows what's going on with brooklyn so hopefully by i said thanksgiving hopefully by halloween we will see if ben 10 has improved that jump shot that he should have had when al horford was here with the sixers we got to talk about the eagles because the eagles made another move as they head into training camp signing Former 49er safety Jaquiski Tart to a one-year deal. 64 starts and 80 games for Tart since being drafted by the Niners in 2015. Not much of a ball haul. Four interceptions, two forced fumbles. Ranked 55th out of 62 safeties, according to Pro Football Focus of Destry Jam. But he's a dude. He's a nice guy. He has starting experience with the Niners. Can add a little bit of depth to your you know, your safety room. I think it's a decent move. Okay, you know, it's not gonna blow you away, but it's fine at this stage. It's the, the, game, Eric, it's it's the Eric Gordon of moves. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. No, I, I just that was like just hearing what the expected moves for the Sixers all season is. No, and but I think those are the caliber of moves. Like I don't know, you're you're gonna like get uh, Terrence Ross or Gary Nick Harris. Batum, right? Yeah. No, you'll get Nick Batum for to, for that Matisse Thybul. Or the Matisse Thibault and the 23 pick. Like, I don't know. And that is, like, if you're the Clippers and you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you can make that move. Right. <laughs> but, like, when you're, the, when you're the Sixers, you need a little better than Nick. Too. But, like, I don't know. <laughs> but Tart, like, I don't know. Like, that was the last semi-question mark. Like, I don't, like, all I know is this team is deep. Like, I don't know. They, they, they're deep at positions they haven't been deep in years. Mm-hmm. And... And some of the positions are elite. It's not like you got a bunch of like, like average players. Like I don't know, you just have a bunch of average players like to kind of rotate. That offensive line is deep and elite. Right. That defensive line. Oh, sorry. Oh, that offensive line is elite deep. That defensive line is deep and possibly could be elite. I don't mm-hmm. like. I. I really, but I think in the midst of all this, it still comes back to the quarterback. Like I don't know, but. I think we can say without a doubt that this organization has gave has given Jalen Hurts a great canvas to paint on. Like I don't know, like they've given him as many tools as you humanly can. He's given you a solid defense that will probably get some turnovers, an elite offensive line, a game, and then you get your best friend who's a, who's a de facto number one receiver. No more excuses, bud. Yeah, no excuses for Jalen Hurts, no excuses for Nick Sirianni. Again, this team, again, no excuses when you look no at their – No excuses for Jonathan Gannon either. Yeah, yeah, no excuses when you look at their uh, schedule as well, one of the weaker schedules 
um, in the NFC or in the, in the NFL, um, given the fact that they played the NFC. So, yeah, so the Eagles should be primed for a good year. We'll find out how good in a couple of months. Speaking of the NFL, Deshaun Watson has settled 20 out of 24 of the civil lawsuits against him for sexual assault. It's a lot of scuttlebutt going around that he's his suspension, his pending suspension will be for an entire season. I think it's probably going to be a season, and I think they'll probably negotiate that down a little bit. Um, but whatever it is, probably can't be again enough because like this dude clearly is a creep and a serial predator. Just um, a just an epic, uh, like I don't know, historically terrible move by the Cleveland Browns. I I, I mean, like the, it, it, you gave him a raise when you traded for him. It's not like you said, "Yo, we're gonna trade for you," but you know what? Before we give you, said you need on your best behavior, bud, and 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 we need to know if you if, if you are really. Just this has have has this suspect behavior. No, you just gave them the raise. So the Cleveland Browns are just like I don't know, like just they're pretty unrootable. Like I don't know, like I but I think this proves that Deshaun Watson is suspect. Period. And like I don't know, like he's he was very unrootable. Yeah, and, and the the Browns that you said not only gave him a raise but gave him two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed to be the face of the franchise, knowing. Um, at least what we know, and probably more, given the fact that they quote unquote did an investigation into all this. So again, you know, Godspeed to the Browns, but um, it's a very, very uh, I don't want to just say tenuous situation, but very, very odd situation out there in Cleveland. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk some golf. We we'll finally have a chance to talk about the Live Golf Tour because more golfers are taking that bag and going on to join the Live Tour, including Bryson DeChambeau, Abraham Answer. And Brooks Kepka, who joined Dustin Johnson, Phil Nicholson, Sergio Garcia, and more. Um, the that's a tour, pretty yeah. big. That's a pretty decent list. That's not it, just like yeah. some jabronis. Yeah, yeah. DeChambeau, Answer, and Kepka—they're all top thirty guys. Obviously, DJ was the you know a number one guy for like, multiple years in the in, on the PGA Tour. Phil's got a big name. Sergio's got made got a major. Um, this is a big deal. Like this is a big deal. Like a lot of players on the, on the PGA Tour are now joining the Live Tour and they are banned or barred from playing PGA Tour events. They're barred from the FedEx Cup standings, but they can play in most of the majors. They can play in the U.S. Open, or they did play in the U.S. Open, and they can play in the Open Championship um, over in the U.K., the British Open, um, as well. Uh, of course, again, for those of you who aren't familiar, the Live Tour is the tour backed by Saudi Arabia's Public Investment Fund, controlled by Mohammed bin Salman, the de facto leader of Saudi Arabia, um, Saudi Arabia and bin Salman specifically, has been allegedly linked to a number of crimes and disappearances, according to the U.S. State Department. Um, a lot of people are saying that Saudi Arabia is buying into sports um, for to quote-unquote sports wash their human's right, human rights violations. So they have the Live Tour. Um, they have an interest in Formula One racing. They bought Newcastle, Newcastle United in the Premier League as well. And they have thrown bags, and I mean bags, at these PGA Tour guys. Phil Mickelson reportedly got $200 million, Dustin Johnson, $125 million, and Tiger Woods was allegedly offered close to a billion dollars <laughs> to join the Live Tour. Listen, I'm going to say that, and I haven't said this on the airwaves, these airwaves yet, but I will say it. And again, not all money is good money. I understand there's a lot of people who can throw money at me, and I will turn it down. I will say this. I understand why these players are either having a tough decision taken, you know, thinking about taking this money or just outright taking this money. I get it. I understand it. I, the money is so insane. It's hard for a lot of people to turn down. I get it. Dustin Johnson. If being, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's sorry, Roy. If we're being <laughs> honest, we put ourselves in Brooks Kepka's shoes or DeChambeau. We're taking the money. I, I no, mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, it's hard like, to say no. Like, no, I, no, you know, I'll put my name on it. If I'm Brooks, Kep, Brooks Kepka, I'm taking that money. I'll deal with it. Like I don't know, like 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 we spoke off air. We think that these golfers are making a lot of money. It pales in comparison to what all the other athletes are making. Like I don't know, like like even the really good ones are making forty million. And I, I one, it's not like golf is like basketball, where like it doesn't take a lot of money to train. You need to to learn how to be a golfer is a costs a lot of money. Yeah. And like I don't know, the upkeep to be a golfer costs a lot of money. So, I, I mean, like, hey, you, you know, I always say, we always make ethical, we always have ethical dilemmas every day of our lives. This is, just happens to be another ethical dilemma. 
And, and, and you know what? Like, these guys think, you know what? We will only be pariahs of the golf industry for a little bit. Like, I don't know. They're just saying, you know what? The ba- the M's in my bank account will, will like, I don't know. like Because, like, I don't know. They'll probably get shunned by some sponsors. They'll mm-hmm. probably get shunned by PGA. I don't think fans generally care. No, fans care. No, PGA. Hardcore golf fans really care. That was the no, one thing I, I noticed. Think, they really care. But I think the casual fans, like, I don't know, like, not like the PGA is like I don't know. Like I, I'm trying to think of a, a of a correlation to say like what if like these what if another what if some players went to play for an alternative NBA league? I don't know, but yeah, it's hard to find a correlator. I, but you're right. You no, know. no, no, there isn't. So, and I understand that there are suspect outlets, like suspect ways that these people gathered their money. I get that, but I, like I don't know. I'm just being honest <laughs> with you. There's a level of just cash that you're just gonna say, you know what? We're just gonna roll with it, and like I don't know, these are these guys saying, you know what, we'll deal, and like I don't know, you can't run from it. Like I don't know, they'll they'll get they'll get questioned. They're gonna be like, yo, I gotta they'll play the whole I gotta do what's right for my family thing, and which isn't like, which isn't a lie. <laughs> no, like I don't know, like it it it's the same way as like I don't know when dudes like I don't know like leaving free agency. I, I mean, ex, like I mean, are are there does it look like they're getting bad money? Yeah. Or like, I don't know, evil money? Sure. But it's this, it's the same prospect of, yo, I got to grab as, as much cash as I can before my career's up. So, I, I mean, like, it is it the most noble way to get, get paid? No. But I can kind of not sympathize. I can, I can see myself. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that's a lot of stinking money. Yeah, Dustin Johnson in his career, his PGA Tour career, earned, I believe, about $71 million in tour earnings. And again, this was a man who was number one in the in on the tour for 140 weeks. He's got a few majors. Again, he's a he's a, he's one of the highest paid golfers of all time. He's getting $125 million to show up at eight events <laughs> for, for Live Golf. Not not including the purses that he could win at said events. Because the first event, the uh the first tour a couple first tournament a couple weeks ago, Charles Swartzel won that. And he won four million dollars. The per, the purse, the winning purse at the Masters, I believe, it was like two point two at the Masters. <laughs> Charles Horsel showed up at I live ah live golf event, won it, and took home four million dollars for three days of work. Again, I understand these bags yeah. are crazy. I guess it's it's wild to, to think that people are like, I can't imagine why Phil Mickelson and Sergio Garcia. I can look at those M's. Like, look at yeah. him. Like, there it is. Like, I get, I so, get why these dudes are doing it. I get it. Some guy, some guys need the M's more than others, like Nicholson. <laughs> no, yeah, Phil, I mean, yeah. like, it, it, it's easy to just like point fingers and say, yeah, like I'd never do that. I'm not the type to say I'd never do that because if someone threw thirty million dollars at me to do, to like, I don't know, I'm not committing a crime. I'm not. I, I mean, are the people that I'm doing business with a, a bit shady? Yes, but like, I don't know. So maybe. I would rationalize and say, okay, I'm not dealing with the most, like, I don't know, noble people, but I'm not committing a crime. So yeah. I may be able to go to sleep at night. Like, I don't know. Like, that's probably the way they're rationalizing. Bryson DeChambeau said, quote, unquote, it was a business decision first and foremost. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I get it. Like, all these dudes, I get it. If you're going to give me, again, a significant increase on my annual salary for very little work, I'm probably for a lot for for a for very little work. B for a lot less work than I did before. Because again, you could do this again eight weeks a year as opposed to playing a grind in the PGA Tour. It's like, bro, like, like what am I doing? Like, like if my if my if my goal in life is to make as much money as I can by playing golf so I can support my family, and I can do it. I can make scores of that money and do less work. I understand. That's all I'm gonna say. I get it. I get it. I 100% get it. Um, Phil Mickelson, I'm sorry, the PGA itself, seeing everybody leave, we're like, yo, we got to change some stuff. So they're in the process of modifying their schedule and they're increasing money for the FedEx Cup as well. So I guess by default, I mean, Phil Mickelson lied to us all and said, yo, I wanted the PGA to change its rules. Well, the PGA is finally going to change its rules and give out some more money. But this is going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. Because like you said, like a lot of these guys, they're going to go play these tours and the casual fan, like you and me, aren't going to care. The hardcore guys will, fans will care. The, hard, the, the casuals won't care. They'll get a little heat every now and then. They'll answer a couple of unco- uncomfortable questions at press conferences. 
but then they'll cash these checks and then they'll keep moving on. So, you know, it is what it is. No, and they and these guys won't be the last guys to like to 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 join the NWO. Yeah, I, I really, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you said the NWO because I really want these dudes to show up at in NWO shirts every time they're at, on, on PGA like the the majors. No, so no, I can know, no. so I can know who the quote unquote bad guys are. No, well, what they need to do is like I don't know, maybe if they're listening, make live shirts. But in the NWO, ah, I like it. I like it. I like that. That's a good one. I don't oh, you know. see Fire Bryson DeChambeau as a wrestling fan, though. No, like no, it. no, no, because isn't this what they are? They're renegades. They're renegades. They're renegades. They're NWO. They, they're bucking the system. They're going against demand and traditions and all of that no, good but stuff. But this is like not even like this is like this isn't like a storyline. These are real. This is like a real yeah. NWO. This is like a real, like, I don't know, like faction of suspect dudes yeah they're defectors man you don't you like you know who i am but you don't yes, know why i'm no, here no like i i think we live on something they are the nwo i love that i love that live shirt idea that's a great idea that's a great <laughs> idea um speaking of wrestling we have a couple minutes left vince mcmahon stepping away as ceo and chairman of world wrestling entertainment he will still handle creative because he can't help himself and stephanie mcmahon has stepped into the interim ceo role According to reports, uh, the head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis, is reportedly on a leave of absence, um, given the fallout from that situation. Uh, are we any closer to Vince McMahon being completely escorted out of the building in those Stanford, no. Connecticut offices? No? Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely not. So what is you it going to take no, no. to get this dude out the paint? What, is, what, do we, what do we need? The dude we showed need? up to TV two straight shows. Oh, the, this dude is flexing. He knows, like, no, you can't just fire somebody. He, like, it's going to need to be voluntary where, like, I don't know, there's enough pressure from, like, I don't know, like, like they can't out, they can't vote him out. He owns all the stock. <laughs> like, no, he owns the majority of the stock. Like, I don't know. It, like, he really would need to be embarrassed enough to just to just go away. And there's, there's a lot of things that Vince McMahon gets. It ain't embarrassed. So, like, no, like, I, I don't know, like, this is just a, just, just, uh, I'm a fallback because the heat's too hot right now, but mm -hmm. I don't know. He'll, he'll be back in a few months. Like I, like people can't say this is the beginning and I don't, that's, I don't think it's close. Like, I don't know. Like if really? it was the beginning and if, if it was the beginning and he wouldn't have shown his face. But Vince don't care, man. Like he don't care. Like my man, no, he had no, this. But, no, but they know, but like Vince knows that like, there's literally nothing legal they can do. Like they can't fire him. Like, I don't, like, it's not like he's a CEO. Like, he's not your usual CEO where, like, you've hired him. He's the majority, he's the majority stockholder. But but if but if he's paying, again, if he has all these NDAs out there, then again, he pay, allegedly paid with his own money, which is fine. But if he has all these NDAs out there and it, the news gets out and it makes the company look bad, you don't think there's a point where Nick Khan and Stephanie and whoever else is on the board, I don't know who's on the board, you don't think there's a point where all they all come to Vince was like, look, you just got You just gotta get away, man. Like you, like you did a lot of stuff. Like you had a nice run. But no, no. But you gotta so go. So what? No, no. You're gonna have to tell him to a like sell all your stock because like right. I don't know, like, to Stephanie, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, or no, or like someone will need like someone will have to Elon Musk the hell out of this and say, yo, I'll buy all of Vince's stock or like right. or, or 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 no, own more stock than Vince does because because that's the point is like Vince still owns the majority of WWE. Right, like there's a lot of stuff that would need to happen. Like I don't know, just, just I don't know from a transactional standpoint to say, yo, you could, you could tell him to go. That like they, they told him to go away. It did. He's going away. He's not all the way, all the way away. You gotta go all the no, way. Away. <laughs> like no, he's not gonna be at the board meetings. Like I don't like. What do these board members know about TV? It, like, like that's the uh, that's the edge that Vince has. It's like these dudes don't care. Like. These cares these care about board minutes and like I don't know like who's <laughs> on like the meetings. He's like he got away with it again. I'm telling you, he's like Gotti. He is Teflon. Oh yeah, well Teflon Vince um, showed up as Chris mentioned. Showed up to two straight uh, live shows uh, this past week. Um, again, making no mention of the incidents that he has been accused of. Um, in, in true Vince fashion, popping ratings for for both programs. So again, I'm sure Vince in his weird twisted mind was probably excited um when he saw those ratings books come out um after raw and smackdown last week 
That is it for us this week on the Broad Street Line, 106.5 FM, WPPM, LP, Philadelphia. Again, we were recording this before the NBA draft, so we will have NBA draft stuff to talk about. We will have hardened extension news to talk about, and we will have Wonderful. a countdown, a countdown to Eagles training camp because we will be in July the next time this airs. On we didn't talk about the this FM. Week. Yeah, no, no Phillies this week. Maybe Phillies next week, but thank you guys as always for tuning in to us. Mr. Domingo, take us out, please. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you guys. As a social worker, you can become an advocate for those who can't. Earn your master's in social work degree online to learn strategies to connect diverse populations with the critical resources they need to improve their well-being, whether it's in a hospital, community service agency, or another setting. What do you think making a difference as a social worker looks like? GCU offers over 250 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.